This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Gear up, Dolphin Finn, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at house. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. Hello again, Dolphin fans, and welcome into another episode of SB Nation's official Miami Dolphins podcast, The Jake and Josh Show. We have lots to discuss now that the 2022 NFL schedule has officially released, and I may even get Jake to talk about meaningless throws in phase two of OTAs. But before we get into all that, let me welcome in my co-host, the man of the hour, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How are you doing today, Jake? Josh, happy weekend. It has been a very beautiful weekend, but more importantly... We knew the who, we knew the what, we knew people were going to be playing football, but most importantly, we know the when. The Miami Dolphins will be playing in two primetime games. They'll be playing on Thanksgiving. I lied. They're playing on Christmas. What do you think of this whole experience? You just hinted on the, the Tua throw that we'll talk about, but there's a Twitter account, man, that got 10,000 followers just by a dude just throwing shit against the wall and, and making up these fake schedule announcements. And I have to say, I was I was a little jazzed up that the Dolphins were going to be playing on Thanksgiving uh, against the Buffalo Bills. That's not the case. Wow, I'm all over the place against the Detroit Lions. Instead, the Bills took the Lions spot. So I'd love to get your uh, reaction, man, as someone who's quickly, quickly approaching 30,000 Twitter follows. How did you see this dialogue kind of unfold that was the schedule release? Um, I mean, it was kind of like a, um, a whammy, right? I mean, I sat here and everyone kind of got built up and was so excited about it. Dude, I remember a couple of years ago, like my friends and I would get together, we cook out, it'd just be this whole thing. It's not like that at all anymore, man. It's being leaked out beforehand. So it was whatever. I mean, I'm kind of excited. The Dolphins got the Thursday night game against the Bengals, Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, like you said, the Christmas game, against the Green Bay Packers. So I guess those three I would c- count as primetime games, right? Because I think there's only three games on Christmas, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So um, kind of what you expect, but I'm excited because those are some big-time matchups. But like you said, man, we already knew who the schedule, who they were playing. Now it's nice to see the way it lines up. And let's be honest, man, um, those first four games, those could be pretty damn tough for the Dolphins. 
Yeah, you you look at it right away. You start with the Patriots coming to Miami in week one, and then you got the Bills coming in week three, sandwiched between heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And Josh, a lot of people spoke about uh, those two games specifically, the Patriots and the Bills. And they were like, yeah, that Miami Heat in September. But you look at the Miami Heat in September, and that's one thing, but you also got to think about the December 17th cold in Buffalo and the January 1st cold in New England. I mean... If you were the one making the schedule, would you want to switch those two series? Would you rather go to those places and play warmer up there and then have them come down in the middle of winter? Or, or are you more content having that Miami heat in September? No, I think I'd much rather have those warmer games right up there in the Northeast, get them out of the way. And then, you know, when the winter months come, have them come down here and be in that hot, hot heat. But that's not the way it worked out. We're what opening up against the New England Patriots. For the third consecutive time, and I have to mention, Jake, Tua Tagovailoa is undefeated against the New England Patriots, has never lost against the New England Patriots. So um, I, I don't know how that'll shape up. So that's just an awesome way to start the season. But, dude, then you got Baltimore. Then you got the Bills. Then you got Cincinnati, like you said. I mean, the Dolphins have to come out of that 2-2, two and two, right? If they want to have, you know, uh, if they want this season to go the way many of us expect, they got to come out of that at least 2-2 two and two because those are some primetime contenders in the AFC. I like having this talk because I think we do this every year, the, the, the early season benchmark. And this, this year it's a little refreshing because last year the season didn't start till November 7th. Like we were just sitting around twiddling our thumbs for two and a half months wondering when are the dolphins going to play football? But you're, you're kind of right. You kind of hope they can kind of split that. And maybe you're feeling good with the win against the Patriots. Maybe the Ravens are still, uh, you know, a developing team, a lot of new pieces there, but it's crazy easy to me, man, that Thursday night, these games are announced. There's already spreads. Obviously, you know, people are going to bet on everything. Uh, Dolphins are giving two and a half points against that Patriots in, in week one. I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that because so much is going to change. Uh, the Dolphins are giving two and a half right now. Where do you see that number finishing come September 11th? I, I feel like it'll be a little closer, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking it might be a little bit closer. I think you're looking at it now, man. I'm kind of surprised. Yes, it's a home game, but I mean, it's the New England Patriots. Everyone always hypes them up. So hopefully we see this shift and the Dolphins become favorites because, you know, they go out there and sign J.C. Treader, or, you know, get better somewhere here or there. But, dude, the Dolphins being favorites in week one against the New England Patriots, I mean, when was the last time that happened? They weren't favorites last year, were they, or am I mistaken? I, oh, I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Something we probably should have looked up, but I yeah, think it, yeah, but it, they were on the road, right? I, I think they were on the road last year. Yeah. Right? Okay. So um, I'm pretty sure they were probably then the underdogs, but yeah, we, we should have looked that up, but that's what we'll talk about, you know, in that week one matchup, well, you exactly. know, it's 17 weeks away, right? Yeah. And it, it's going to be fun because I think more than it's the storytelling, right? Wh- which beat reporters can tell a better story now uh, between the middle of June or early June and, and to September is who's going to have that spread, you know, uh, natural common sense, better. It's, it's, you know, every game's even. And then wherever it starts going, the home team instantly gets three points. Right. So if these were on neutral playing, uh, playing fields, the idea, the impression is that these teams are really, really close. And I think that's something we can argue. Uh, so Josh, I like to not get my feelings involved, but I'm going to do this. We're sticking on the Patriots. Uh, one, two has never lost to the Patriots. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with the fact the Patriots have struggled. Uh, let's go with the fact that the Patriots had a primetime game where Mac Jones threw three passes. How the hell did this team get five primetime games? They're the New England Patriots, right? That's all I can say. That's, that's, okay. that's all I got is they're the New England <laughs> Patriots. It makes no sense to me. Um, but it has to be because they're the New England Patriots. I mean, you see the NFL Network there posted like an image of oh, what was it, Justin Jefferson and Mac Jones, the Battle of the Gritty or something? Are you are oh, you gross. kidding me? I was sitting there just like, what the hell is this? So 
I don't know, you man. Should people should put Bill Belichick's face. If you're gonna be gritty, I mean that's grit. His face right there. So that's that's terrible, man. I, I still can't believe Bill Belichick let his dog make a draft pick. Wasn't that like last year? He let his dog make a draft pick. But we're spiling out of control here, man. So I I don't know. I feel like the Dolphins. I don't know if we have to have predictions. I actually went through and did predict these games in case we go over them at the end. But I think that week one matchup in Miami. I think you know. Again, I'm gonna keep throwing that Tua thing out there until he loses a game. But I I think they can win this. But Jake, a lot of the Dolphins, and I mean, it's so, such a no-shit thing to say, but I was mowing the grass today. I'm sitting there thinking about it. You know, this offense is completely revamped, but unless Josh Boyer can continue what Brian Flores did, I mean, this season going to be, you know, all for naught. So uh, a lot's going to be on that defense and how Josh Boyer can take over and, you know, call a game because there was some speculation in that early season, that losing streak was because Josh Boyer had those play-calling duties. So um, maybe I'll write an article about that, go completely spin zone, but um, I'm thinking about that New England Patriots matchup and not so much, you know, Tua did make some big plays in those matchups that he did win. But at the end of the day, you know, it was Brian Flores and how that defense carried themselves rattled Mac Jones that really, you know, swayed things. So just a thought I had while I was mowing the grass a few hours ago. That's like you have, you're making such a great point though, because early in the season, it's such that feeling out process. And I do think it's going to be a lot like last year in week one, where it's going to be some, some, you're, you can look at the entire game and you can pinpoint it down to one play. I mean, Howard, uh, the fumble makes a lot of sense, but I think that's what it's going to be. I think you look at those first three weeks, Patriots, Ravens, Bills, the Dolphins defense, man, they're paid so much money. And those are games right away where they're going to have to come out and they're going to be in one of the toughest situations for what the Dolphins have had to deal with. They're great when they get to see teams often. They're great when they can kind of find the rhythm. It's going to be up to Josh Boyer to hit the ground running. That's something the Dolphins have struggled and struggled and struggled to do. Josh, I got to yell at you for a minute here because you have week four, Thursday night football. You're the gift guy. You are the gift. You are the guy who's going to post every single video that you possibly can on the internet. You have written down here, Tua versus Burrow, Chase versus Waddle. Neither of them play each other, but that's the narrative. You're 100%. You're spot on with that. Josh, it's the Halloween rematch. Where was the Cam Wake gifts? It was the night. Yeah, I, I effed that up. I saw someone. <laughs> I, I think someone actually posted that the other day. But um, to your point, didn't they play since then? I think the one was honestly, I think everyone was calling it the Tua Bowl. They thought, you know, the the loser of that was going to go on and get Tua. They eventually got Joe Burrow. But um, then there was also that Tannehill game. Right. I think that was kind of when Dolphin fans realized. Um, you know, shit went south real quick. You know, was it not that game against the Bengals? So um, I'm excited for this, man. I think one of the guys that put the schedule together did a press conference and kind of said, you know, what better way to have this Thursday night matchup between these two teams than, you know, on Thursday night. I mean, Tua versus Burrow. Again, it's again, it's not they're not playing one another, but that's going to be the entire narrative living up to that. If if Tua goes out there and the Dolphins win this game, I mean, you know, how crazy is the Internet going to be? I mean, I'm here for that, Jake, 100 percent. But yeah, I have that up. I should have had the Cam Wake thing 100 percent. The disrespect, man, the disrespect. Let's continue with the narrative, though. Sunday night football Steelers at Dolphins. And Josh, I don't. I don't like to talk about this stuff too often, but I saw this game and it made me a little sad. Uh, I had an uncle pass away recently, and we always spoke about going to a game in Miami where he was a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I saw this, I saw Sunday Night Football, and I thought instantly, like, man, this is the game we would have gone to. Uh, but to kind of reel us back in, I mean, you got Flores versus former team. You got Minka Fitzpatrick coming back in Miami. Why do you think they picked the, uh, the Steelers and Dolphins as a Sunday Night uh, showcase i i honestly believe again same phone call i forget where i saw this i don't know if someone tweeted it out but it was one of the guys that put together this thing kind of said you know this is a 50-year anniversary i guess of the 72 dolphins 
you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and them. But Jake, you throwing that story out there, you know, rest in peace to your uncle, man. The, the Steelers are going to win that game, right? I mean, I think they're going to win that game now in, in, in honor of him. So um, I, I'm just glad that they're, they're getting, another, again, a Sunday night chance. But every time I see, you know, all the fans want these primetime games. Everyone wants their team to play on primetime. You know, you want the pregame shows and the hype, you know, videos and all that stuff. But, dude, every time the Dolphins seem to be on primetime, they always lay an egg. And then yep. all your friends, all your family are just, you know, they know how you feel and they're just – some of them, you know, can understand the heartbreak and others are just, you know, rubbing it in. So uh, I hate some of these primetime games. Again, the Steelers, who knows how they're going to be. Kenny Pickett, you know, might be the quarterback there. Najee Harris, you know, could have been a Dolphin at one point. But again, I had to put down the Brian Flores revenge game because he's now a linebackers coach there. And, um, you know, for as much as it sounded like he didn't like Tua, he should have a hell of a game plan in place, you know, for him and Mike Tomlin to attack him um, come week seven on Sunday night football. So that's uh, going to be an awesome game. Oh man, if that's like a 10 to 3 win for the Steelers, the quote, if that's like the Saints game, uh the Monday night game in reverse where like it's it's 17-10 Steelers, that 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 might be the time you burn down that quarterback room. I and we're not going to go too deep into it. People are going to get way too upset about that, but but that's already scaring me a little bit about that one, especially just, with Flores. I just don't like every time every year you throw something out here that happens. I mean, you mentioned it was a one podcast you talked about Kellen Moore, and from that moment on, I mean, Dolphins ended up at one point, right? They were gonna who, dude. Uh, that that's like it's so important to keep in mind, and I think that's why I like doing this podcast is because we go back, dude, and we read our rundowns, and it's such a week to week league that we have these instincts, we have these yo, thoughts, yo, yo. and things change so much, and it's just kind of important to keep that perspective of how we view things now and how that can change and how it's important for your views to change. You cannot sit here and stand on the same hill for so long. Otherwise you're just going to get blown away. Josh week 16 Packers at dolphins Christmas day. Do you think Joe Philbin and Philip Wheeler are going to climb down the chimney that uh, Christmas morning? Yeah, man, I wrote that down, and I sure <laughs> as heck hope they don't jump out of a present on that day. Cause it's all I remember every time these two teams play each other, but um, dude, again, this is that game where that late in the season, I mean, every game is going to count. Dolphins are going to be hopefully battling for, you know, at least a wild card spot at that point. The Packers are going to be, uh, they have Aaron Rodgers, right? At least for now, you know, he's not going to go crazy and retire. I mean, he could, he could pull an Andrew Luck and just retire out of nowhere. I mean, then we'd have to face Jordan Love. So maybe that's our, maybe that's our Christmas present. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but yeah, dude, I still cannot remember. I still remember very, you know, vividly Joe Philbin calling a timeout, seeing Philip Wheeler on the outside and one-on-one coverage. And then, you know, going back out there on the same uh, running the same damn thing. So yes, that's definitely going to, I'm going to post that. I'll post that video that morning. Try to remind me, we'll find it. <laughs> Dude, that is the worst. You just you're that's, I'm screwed. A that's some PS5 screwed. box, and inside that box is just three rocks. It's, que- it's Queasy Philbin. Que- Queasy Philbin is gonna pop out. Dude, that is that is a horror right there. I gotta ask you, man, because with the leaks, I was I was getting pretty excited for the Dolphins to play on Thanksgiving. I'm there's actually some some fond memories I have growing up uh, with the Dolphins playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, uh, whatever it may be. We all remember Ricky. How he? I mean, Ricky looked astonishing in those. And uh, Chris Chambers had that massive game. So that exactly, yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah. So I gotta ask you, man. Would you have three kids? Would you rather be playing on Christmas or Thanksgiving? Both them have three games uh i have a little bias being an nba fan too so i you know i like having that nba slate but um i was a little bummed because i kind of i kind of like those thanksgiving games so much and i think just adding a one of my favorite teams to it only amplifies that to where christmas football has always seemed like a the 
icing on the cake in itself. And we all know if you have too much icing on your cake, it just tastes gross. Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to the whole primetime thing where part of me just isn't very, I don't like the idea of everyone in the entire world, you know, at times watching our team because they always lay an egg, man. I don't know. Uh, until I see him go out there and remember those days where Marino would perform and the Dolphins would be, you know, a primetime sensation. I'm going to always, um, you know, be a little uh, scared of these games. But I, I guess I would prefer for sure um, Thanksgiving because then they'd for sure rock the throwbacks, right? I mean, there's probably no guarantee they'll rock the throwbacks on Christmas. And like you said, I'm going to be running around like Santa Claus. And then um, I guess the biggest thing would be both of those days, you know, those games would have a chance to ruin that day for you though, right? I mean, Christmas 2022 will always be remembered if the Dolphins, you know, lay an egg. I'm not even going to throw it out there, but you know, if something were to happen where the season were to fall apart from that Packers game, I mean, you would always remember that in the back of your mind. So Definitely would prefer that Thanksgiving Day game, but um, I'm fine with us having a Christmas Day game. I just hope, again, they go out there and find a way to win because that's that's a damn that's a big time matchup. That's a, a potential Super Bowl matchup, Jake. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Oh, oh, I like it. I like that quite a lot. Uh, I think one of the big things that stand, stood out uh, about this schedule before it was even released is that the Dolphins are playing the NFC West. You're traveling across the country. And... And I think there's a point um, someone released a list of air miles per team. Seattle was one, which makes sense no matter what the year is. Uh, but the Dolphins were fourth on that list. You look, you're going to San Francisco. You're going to L.A. I mean, even some of those trips to Chicago and Cincinnati can get a little tedious at times. Um, additionally, I think I just want to note this. Last year, don't forget the Dolphins had nine home games. They hosted the Giants. So this year, they only have eight. Uh, I think it's what NFC and AFC, they flip-flop it every year, the, the league that has the extra home game. Uh, but I think the interesting note here that's really going to cut down on Miami's frequent flyer miles is the fact that they're playing the 49ers on December 4th. Seven days later in LA, you're facing the Chargers. You mentioned that thread a, a couple of minutes ago, Josh, and and. I think I tweeted out the day it came out. Uh, it seems like the Dolphins wanted this to happen, and it seems like the only reason you'd want to face two teams on the West Coast back-to-back is if you're all going to stay at Mike McDaniel's old house and throw a pool party. Yeah, I, I think that's – that's yeah, you got it. That has to be what it is, right? <laughs> I mean, I, but looking at this schedule, I mean, those are some of the games that I'm looking at, and I think the Dolphins are going to struggle in that stretch of games. I mean – um, you know, San Francisco 49ers, what is it? The Padawan? I, I forget what it is. The, our Star Wars reference, how, um, you know, the master he's going to, could Mike McDaniels potentially beat 
you know, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that's a huge game everyone's going to be watching, right? Because how much of uh, Mike McDaniel's influence helped Kyle Shanahan and vice versa. So that's a big time matchup. But Jake, I, I can't believe we didn't talk. I, we can't, we won't say or talk about Justin Herbert. There's no reason to harp on that right now. But did you see that release video, man, that the LA Chargers put out that anime video that, oh my God, they didn't dude, just that do a was t-shirt? sick. They, th- no, would, no, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, that was the Dolphins just made it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the Chargers did two different things. They made every opponent as Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts, And yeah. then they did the anime video. And I, I enjoy that stuff, man. I think it's such a fun way to throw little jabs at other teams and have it, like, not be super, super, like, uh, I don't know, gets the other franchises riled up. I, I just laughed at every one of those. Um, and it's kind of interesting, dude. Like, this is where you get real into the social experiment that is social media. You get the teams that are making T-shirts because they're so scared to walk that line where they're – scared to fail and then they post a video that just kind of blew up because Tua threw a duck i don't know and then you have teams like the chargers who are posting justin herbert as anakin skywalker and making these videos and you're like man like this is how you make football fun 12 months a year is these these powerful social media videos the ability to control that narrative and we got a t-shirt yeah, I kind of feel like I'm at fault. I feel like I should have had all year to plan something, and I just had no way. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. So maybe next year I'll have some cool anime thing. But, dude, um, that was incredible. And, again, hat tip to them because, like you said, they had a thread about Pop-Tarts. That was kind of – um, it was very was the Pop-Tart box? Someone was Pop-Tart flavored box. Or Pop-Tart we were, box the Dolphins flavored. were like Sea Aquarium, like the bottom of the Sea Aquarium, like the rocks at the bottom. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so whatever. Uh, but dude, I, I got to ask you because I guess the elephant in the room is can the Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills? And I want to ask you um, if you say they can, which game you think it would be? Because I'm looking at the schedule and I do have my predictions here. I would think it'd be that early, that um, September 25th game at home. I feel like they have to win one this year. But dude, Josh Allen has been a freaking th- like Josh Allen's been unstoppable. I, I don't I don't know, man. Like, I feel like they have to win one. But until I see it with my own eyes, I'm not going to believe it's possible. Dude, I think it I have to go with the same thing. We can only go based on what we know. And what we know is the Dolphins look miserable when they have to wear poofy hats. It is, it's second. They're wearing a hat with a ball in it. We are doomed. But we love them. But we love them. We do. <laughs> yes. Yes. They keep us warm, but we don't live in Miami. <laughs> but we want to buy uh, them with a the throwback logo on them. So please release more of those. Cough, cough, cough. But dude, I look back that Titans game, the final or near the end of Jeez. the season. Uh, that was poor weather. And I look at New England on January 1st. I look at uh, Buffalo on December 17th. And this team specifically the quarterback uh, position, uh, thou who shall not be mentioned, has done nothing to prove they can play well in cold weather, at least definitely not consistently. So those two games at the end of the season scare the absolute crap out of me, especially if the Dolphins, as the saying goes, will be in the hunt until the end of time. This is going to be a team that's going to be flirting around there. I think we both have somewhere around 10 to 7 uh Shuffle that six games one way or another to seven and 10. Or if you want to go uh, 13 and four and be real crazy, you can certainly do that too. But I think those two games are going to be so, so tough. And with that, Josh, kind of bigger picture. I mean, you can point to games like, yeah, you got to win against your uh, divisional rivals. Of course. Yeah. You got to beat the Houston Tech and Texans because they're butt. Of course. Uh, but I'm so there... glad it's not the Houston Texans, dude. They would beat the shit out. <laughs> they would kill us, right? <laughs> Instantly. 
You Instantly. said that, and I was like, I have to say something. That's, that'd be awesome, the Houston Texans. <laughs> Only hope would be just smash the controller and hope you're hitting the right buttons. <laughs> dude, David Mills with that neck would be unstoppable. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my God. So, and that's why, man, uh, I want to ask you, is there a stretch in the season that you think can perfectly explain the se- season for the Miami Dolphins? I want you to give me a month stretch, four games, where that could be the case. Uh, because I joked about it at the top that the season didn't start till what, November 6th. And we could say before that, that the loss to the Jaguars, you know, to find the season. But you saw how everything played out. It, it wasn't that simple. So do you see a stretch that is going to show the Dolphins uh, uh, maybe their strengths, what they're capable of, but at the same time also show like, Hey, you know, this team isn't going to go 17. No, there are still problems. I mean, there's going to be some issues somewhere. Is there, is there a little, uh, gap like that you see? I mean, I'm looking at it and there's that stretch between the Niners, the Chargers, Bills and Packers. But with my predictions, I actually have, it looks like I might actually have the Dolphins losing a bunch of those games. So <laughs> I'm going to say, and it's, I think it's going to be early in the year, man. I'm going to have to be as uh, as it's probably a cop out, but it has to be the first four games of the season, man. I think that to me, based on the predictions I have here, I mean, I think the Dolphins can, I don't want to say run that Jets, you know, Vikings, Steelers, Lions, that little schedule. But man, I, I think that Patriots, Ravens, Bills and Bengals is really going to define them. And again, it's just ever important because not only are the Patriots and the Bills in the AFC East, but then you got the Ravens and the Bengals also battling for those playoff spots at the end of the year. And we know, dude, how badly one game can define the Dolphins. I mean, what was it? Um, Two years ago, they would have made the playoffs, but, you know, they barely missed it. Then what was it? Last year, they added another team. And it was just they have all odds are against them. So I think that that first four stretch this season is going to define their season one way or the other. What about you? I'm going to go right after the bye week. I think that stretch, I think I agree with you that, you know, you face the Jets, Vikings, Steelers, Lions, Bears. I think you could go three to two. You could go feeling really good four to one on that. Then you got the Browns and God, I, who knows what that team's going to look like by then. You don't know what's going on there. Then you got the bye week, which I thought this was kind of cool, man. It's completely sliced right in the middle of the, the calendar, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but then you got the Houston Texans, the 49ers, the Chargers, and the Bills. I think that's the stretch right there going into Christmas. I think the trajectory of the Dolphins, whether they're going to be competing for a playoff spot or not, is going to be defined in those games because a game against the Texans at home off the bye. All right. That's when you want to see that statement win. that's when you want to see Tua, you know, doing a cool dance after running for a first down. And then you're going to San Francisco, Josh, and you look at Mike Shanahan and how much he's struggled against Sean McVay. I'm very, very interested to see how that uh, dynamic plays off when they're now Shanahan disciples going against Shanahan and not the other way around. So I think that is going to be another game where uh, the team's going to be jacked up. Nobody's going to be caught off guard by the fact that Mike McDaniel has come from the 49ers. I think that's another one where you're going to see a true identity. You're going to see a team with attitude. You just hopefully won against, I swear to God, I hope you won against the Houston Texans at home. Uh, You come and you get that one against the 49ers. And then, dude, that's when we start cooking out those memes for the Chargers. Uh, We know that the Dolphins, especially that defense, has had... uh, uh, you know, Justin Herbert's number for some time. And then if you're feeling really good at those g- games, if you can go two and one, you go crazy, you go three, and oh, you're looking at the evil empire, man. I have this old newspaper. If you don't know what a newspaper is, it's what people leave on your doorsteps. It tells you what's happening in the world of it was the Red Sox and the Yankees. And it was Roger Clemens looking as fat as he could be dressed up as Darth Vader. And then it was Pedro Martinez and Nomar Garcia Parra with lightsabers you know, trying to beat the evil empire. That is the game. That game in Buffalo, if you 
if we want to prove, if you want to say that this offense, the players in it are the right guys, the right choices, you go to Buffalo and you win that game. And there's been no, no team, no Dolphins team has been able to do that in some time. So that is the game where you completely flip the narrative. So I think that four game stretch, man, offers so much to, you know, we want to make the playoffs. Of course, you know, you want to go to the playoffs every year. But when you talk about that year by year development, like you want to look at wins and losses, but it's so much more. I think those games are going to show such a strong direction of where the identity of this team may be going. So I think what I'm hearing is the Dolphins are going to sweep the Bills. That's kind of what yeah. I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. The Dolphins, are, but <laughs> we got to absolutely do that evil empire of the Photoshop when the time comes. Dude, that stretch, I mean, there's no arguing there. And at that point, I mean, you're going to see the way all these teams are, right? I mean, those early game years, um, sorry, those early games in the season, you know, there could be some flukes here and there. Teams are just starting to, you know, get a rhythm. It's those late games in December when the, you know, the season's on the line that matter most. Jake, I don't know if you have it down in front of you, but I did break it down um, before the bye. I have the Dolphins going seven and three, so I won't break it down in how I have that. So I have them in seven and three before the bye and then four and three after the bye. So that's how I got that 11 and six record. So I have them going four and three after the bye, Jake. I don't know how if you have, you know, the games marked down in front of you or you can sit here and rattle them off. But I think at 11 and six, that is kind of, it's definitely not an expectation, right? I mean, like you said, this thing could go from um, 11 to 12 wins all the way down to what six, seven or eight, depending on, you know, knock on wood, man, you know, anything could happen. We've seen it every year. So, um, but I think, you know, after the back-to-back winning seasons, after, you know, narrowly missing the playoffs, back-to-back years, I think the Dolphins finally get over that hump, hopefully with the offense that they did, with the offense that they built here. So I I'm as Homer as it is, this is a way too early predictions. Let's make sure we throw that out there because it is way too early to be saying any of this stuff, but I got the dolphins all Homer 11 and six, Jake, what about you? Real quick. I, I went with 10 and seven. I think this is going to be a team that is going to be flirting right around that 500 mark, uh, especially early on. And with that, I don't know why, but it always sticks with you early in the season, or at least with me. I don't know if you're the same way, but they always do the, the graphic that teams that start 2-0 and versus teams that start 0-2, it's like 10% of the teams that start 0-2 make the playoff. No, it's probably much slower than that even. Uh, and it kind of makes me feel like those early season games have so much more to offer than they really do. So I, I – Man, after that buy, I think as things are going to get a little crazy, if you can just pick up any when you can slide and buy uh, off the skin of your teeth in that first half of the season is going to go such a such a far way. I have to say, man, I just I didn't have the Dan Marino days. I had I had a wildcat year. Um, I'm going to go 10 and seven. That's the positive Dolphin fan in me. And that's in the hunt. That's flirting with the, uh, you know, a position in the playoffs. And I think that should be the expectations for this team this year. And Hey, for a team to be good, they don't live up to expectations. They exceed expectations. So I think if we want to be really positive, uh, you'd hope that they're going to go above 10. But I think if you're you know, saying anywhere between 8 to 10, you're like, all right, that's like a safe place that we expect. Or if you were to bet that they're probably going to wind up somewhere in there, I'd say. Yeah, if I was putting money down, that's where I'm going to go. But again, this is me being a 169% homer. Nice. I'm going 11 and 6, man. I mean – I don't, I don't know if I've ever even like, if I can even fathom what 11 wins look like anymore, I'm getting so old. I don't even know if I remember those days. So um, I don't know why I put that at all. So 11 and six, man, let's do it. We're going to make the playoffs this year. Right. But no matter what we'll be in the hunt, is that what we're basically um, our way to early prediction combined Jake and Josh? Uh, We'll hold hands and we'll drive off the cliff like Laverne and Shirley. 
I just don't know what's on the other side of that cliff. I think we can settle on that. Uh Oh, we got the 10 minute timer came <laughs> up again. This I means it's a good podcast. All right. So before we wrap it up, we absolutely have to talk about underthrow gate, Jake. I mean, when we were going to come on here and do the podcast, it was all anybody was talking about. I think this thing got over six. I mean, it's got to be up to 7 million views at this point. I mean, we saw the video. I know when I first saw man, I signed online. I saw, what was it, uh, Tua Tachita with a rocket ship. And I'm thinking, dude, this is going to be the best video I have ever seen. It is going to make me so happy. I'm an hour behind. I see all these, like, retweets. You can't see if they're retweets or quote tweets. I was so excited. I was like, dude, what the? I was like, wait a second. I went back and looked again. I was like, there's no way they posted that. But they did. And then um, just the way the national media ran with it. I mean, you had Kurt Warner talking about it. Um, what were your thoughts on the underthrow? And then let's just talk about Tyree Kill coming to his um, aid and posting the video that let's be honest, the social media team probably should have posted. First and foremost, no offense. What are we doing here? What are we? It is May. It is. That's May. why we're doing it. The MLB is starting. I mean, the, the but it's NFL, baseball. Okay, you're right. The, the, I'm a the Pirates NHL fan. Playoffs are on. But what are we doing here, Josh? To me, that video. If you want to go down the X's and O's rabbit hole of X, Y, and Z, sure, it was not a good throw. And if you're going to defend it by putting one other throw under it, you're not any better. All right, let's just put that out there first and foremost. Two, the way this was shot, the way it looked, there was some guy standing there. And he saw a pitch and a catch, and he just happened to follow it perfectly and was like, whoa, I'm going to post that. That was perfect timing. I'm not thinking much about it. Content, you get it out there. And two, I think if I was leading the social media team and I see the, the boost it got, this was, a, this was a quarterback man that had Brian Flores not having his back for, you know, eons, right? And, and now we're going to say that the, the social media team is trying to put him down? Like, really? It, I mean, it was a, it was a throw. If I'm the social media team, I am absolutely jacked that I just wasted how how long was the video? Seven seconds. You engaged <laughs> seven million people for a seven seconds of nothing. That is such an incredible feat. And then you know you have the Tyree Kill, you know, uh, clap back, if you will, of that. Hey, you can post on social media. I can post on social media. But in the grand scheme, I'm gonna add this: social media everyone assumes is for the best of the best. Everyone on their vacations, posting their special, they're happy, whatever it may be. What we saw is a quarterback, man, that has yet to prove that he is an NFL caliber starter, which is 100% the case. This is a guy who threw for 300 yards once last year and the Dolphins lost that game. I'm not trying to bash him. I can defend him till, you know, I pass out. I want to be the quarterback. But the fact that everyone took off with this is just a bit of a shocker to me, especially considering the circumstances of an, a team with so many unknowns. I mean, the social media team, nobody was fired. Nobody should not have been fired. If anything, the person who posted that deserves a goddamn raise because if I'm Tua, I'm laughing and thinking, holy shit, one way or another, I am super popular. Yeah, I, I don't understand why it's so polarizing. I mean, I guess, again, it goes back to fan bases just clamoring for him, you know, thinking he was going to come well, in like and be the savior. Like, we saw Zach I mean, Wilson do it, like, every other franchise, like, would be doing yeah. this. Like, it's like we think well, it's just that's, the Dolphins. That's, like, yeah, well, that's the thing. That there is Zach Wilson, they did post a video of him um, 
rolling out to his left and throwing behind the tight end on an eight yard pass. And I saw uh, Jets fans, you know, completely destroying them. So I don't know, man. Again, he was in shorts. He was in a bucket hat. It doesn't mean anything. But, exactly. um, you know, to the point, if Dolphin fans, we all go and run to every, you know, if he would have connected a deep pass in stride, we would have been sitting there acting like it was this huge deal. So um, the fact that we got upset because, you know, some other people might have, you know, taken, you know, called it for what it was. It looked like a bad throw. But then I don't know if you saw, but Tua's um, trainer posted a video. I think it was yesterday the day before of um, Russell Wilson. They was literally right there on NFL Live. Um, Mia Kimes was talking about um, talking about Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and you just see him under throw, and the receivers waiting there. It looked like the exact same thing, and they did not say a single word. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know why it's so polarizing. It almost reminds you of Tim Tebow, how much you know everyone loved him coming that's, that's out, and now everyone's you know kind of all over him. Um, but dude, to see Tyree Kill come out with that, I want to know did he edit that video because that was pretty damn good. That looked like something I would have done. So um, hat tip to him. Did you see the one yesterday, Jake? I guess two and Tyreek were hanging out, and uh, two his big ass dog was there, and Tyreek's like, "Yo, get that." big ass moose away from me or something i don't know but the internet's uh again that thing has like sixty thousand views on it so i don't know man everyone's just in love with the miami dolphins in love with two it's kind of a low end um i gotta admit i'm no different i'd love to i wonder how many views the video would get if we just let to his dog chase around tyreek do you think the dog would be able to catch tyreek hill I don't know, man. That's a, it was a big, he's dog. A big I don't dog. think, it, I mean, I don't think uh, so though. If he was like a normal, like normal is such a bad, bad word. He's here, but like an average size dog. I think they got more speed, but once you get into like, again, I mean this in the nicest way possible. I've had, a, once you get into like big dumb dog territory, they definitely lose some of that speed. Uh, I think that'd be a really funny video to watch too. And I also made a joke that I think Tyreek Hill saw the numbers of the first video and was like, I got, I got to get in on this. I mean, the follows I can get for the, for my brand and, Apparently people got mad at that, but, but overall, man, I mean, Tua, he looked cool. You know, he had his shorts on, he had a bucket hat, you know, Tyree killed at the point to the sky after that was not a planned video to be posted. And it was just kind of a cool in the moment, like, Hey, look what just happened uh, type of thing. And, and man, an overthrow. Yeah. And let's be honest. We are, uh, you know, last year, what do you have five interceptions in the rain? We all ran with like, people were going crazy over that. I mean, we don't want to have to talk about this stuff, man. But I mean, I sat there and retweeted that. I knew what was going to happen when I did all the people quote tweeting and things like that. Yep. So um, it is what it is. We're going to continue to do it as the season progresses. But um, dude, everyone was worried about Tua. I, I don't know. Are you a Game of Thrones fan, Jake? I don't I don't know if you are. Winterfell cold as shit, but either way, everyone said, you know, he needs to train the cold, but Winterfell has these big direwolves and that's apparently what he has for a pet. So he must've been (laughs) up there in the cold uh, training this all season. Um, Jake, last thing I want to talk about before we wrap it up and just really, really quick is uh, Sony Michelle wearing Ricky Williams, number 34 Uh, Merrick brave did an article on the site, you know, talking about Malcolm Brown, Jordan Howard, most recently wearing it. Some players before Thurman Tavins, Travis Minor, Marcus Stigpen, Cecil Collins. What were your thoughts, you know, when you saw it? I mean, honestly, when you put on the tape and you see him just being a bully with the football in his hands, the way he runs between the tackles, I mean, uh, run, Sony, run. But um, some people were a little upset. But when you look at Malcolm Brown and Jordan Howard wearing it, I mean, I'd much rather see Sony Michelle donning that number 34. That, in my opinion, should be up there in the ring of honor, like you mentioned. Um, I disrespect the camera, uh, camera. Cameron Wake earlier, let's be honest, his name should be up there in the Ring of Honor as well. That's the thing about the Dolphins really struggling to not be really bad and also not be really good is because you still had some really great players for the last 20 years, some very, very great players that I have very, very fond memories of watching. Cameron Wake, Ricky Williams, those those numbers should not be worn anymore. 91 and 30, like that's like our version of, of like the one powerful moment we had i mean you bring these guys back you make him part of the the franchise their impact was so important 
sure, we can let Sony wear it. Run Sony run. Uh, I, I'm into it. But overall, man, the Dolphins haven't had a lot to celebrate. And we should be celebrating with Ricky Williams. We should be celebrating Kim Wake. We should be celebrating Rashad Jones. Like, these are the guys that kind of gave, uh, you know, that team – fans in the seats for you know 20 years and i i think it's kind of weird more than anything just to see these numbers still being used yeah i'm with you i mean ricky williams man i'm gonna say it till i'm blue in the face the best running back from a talent standpoint this team's ever had i mean say what you want about larry zonka he's a fullback in my opinion but dude do you think some of it might have to do with the, the rosters expanding and you know needing more numbers could that be why maybe these teams are waiting a little bit i mean i'm not sitting here defending them but i would when you were rattling that when you were talking about that it made me realize that maybe that's the reason they keep some of these numbers unretired but who knows man but Damn, dude, we took this thing down to the wire. What a podcast. So hopefully everyone enjoys this because uh, Jake and I have been kind of playing tag, haven't been able to get together, but um, we had to talk about the schedule. Unfortunately, had to talk about the underthrow, Tyreek's awesome video. And the game of tag is now on to you guys. You're it. You need to go and hit that subscribe button to know when we actually get together and post the pod as we get closer to the season. We promise we're going to have a more consistent schedule down. I see that ticker getting close to one minute. So I'm going to get this out of here at H-A-U-T-Z. That's house. Give him a follow. I can't wait to see him at 30K. I can be found at jmendel94. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our little bit of schedule talk. It's not that meaty, but we can have some fun with it, right? Let's hope the Dolphins do better than 10 and 7. For Finsider Radio, for Jake and Josh, thank you guys so much for listening. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up, baby. Playoffs. Playoffs? That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're Cause we're the Miami Dolphins